What's up, everybody? My name is Dr. Caleb, your youth pastor, and welcome back to my podcast channel. So today, I just wanted to briefly touch on an issue that has greatly affected us as young people, the issue of backsliding. I know some of us who are holier than thou are already thinking, I have not backslidden. I still go to church. Um, I do read my Bible here and there, but let me show you something that might be an indicator of where you are in regards to this. Because many people might think going back to fornication or alcoholism or stealing again, unforgiveness, many people might think that that is backsliding. But allow me to just say that those are actually manifestations of a backslidden state. Let me explain. Because I believe that backsliding is is not just an action but it is a state a stage a state in which you've moved away from intentionally pursuing god you know one thing that i always say with regards when i speak to worship teams or worship leaders is that your greatest guard or your most effective or perhaps perhaps your only guard actually against idolatry is genuine worship of god because once you stop worshiping God, your heart drifts towards an idol. This is seen clearly um, with the children of Israel when Moses had ascended up the mountain. Their hearts were not fully committed to the God of Israel. To them, he was still the God of Abraham, the God, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He was not yet their God in their hearts. So when Moses had ascended and he was away for a while, they thought to themselves, maybe the man has perished on that mountain. Who knows? And they told Aaron to make them a golden calf. They made a god and an image of a blessing that God had given them. They then made an idol using the blessing that God had given them when they left Egypt. Because remember that all the gold, all the rings that they used to, to carve out that uh, golden calf um, was a blessing from God. They blinded the Egyptians right before they left. And this was as a, an instruction of God. So now they are using what God had blessed them with <laughs> to create a God. You see how easy it is to drift away from the true God if you are not intentionally pursuing him. So one could say they were in a perpetual backsliding. Actually, there's a scripture that says that. Let me quickly Google it. Uh, there's a scripture that speaks of a perpetual backsliding. Let me quickly check for it. Jeremiah 8. Jeremiah 8. Verse 5. So the, the, the Bible says, Why then is this people of Jerusalem slidden back by a perpetual backsliding? They hold fast deceit and they refuse to return. So, so what the scripture is telling us, let me, let me look for another version. So we, we can conclude and say that a backslidden state fully culminates in action. So sometimes before the person actually falls back into sin, they've already backslidden. We've already stopped being intentional with God. We've stopped being intentional with our pursuit of God stop reading the word, we've stopped praying, we've stopped just having our daily devotionals, we have stopped fully committing to fellowship with other brethren. Those are signs that you have entered into a backslidden state. 
our ultimate case study will, of course, be the story, the parable of the prodigal son. So we'll just quickly go on over to Luke 11, Luke 15, rather, verse 11 to 32. As we read through this, I want you to begin to, to, to follow through, and I'm pretty sure you're going to pick up the point in which the son backslid. The Bible says in Luke 15, verse 11, going down, Then he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood, and not many days after, the young son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a famine and that in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I'll say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. And I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So before we come into the redemption aspect of this story, because the goal of this podcast is to let you know that God can redeem you to where you're supposed to be. I want us to take a look at this, that this young man, see, I think I want us to, to, to look at this story in light of what James says about sin in James 1, 14 and 15. He says, but each one of us is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, brings forth death, isn't it? So what that scripture is telling us is that it all starts in desire. And when desire and temptation come together, what is conceived is sin, isn't it? So a backslidden state is in that area of desire because our desires are no longer for God. Our desire is sin in our pursuit. So when we are not intentionally pursuing God, we are actually moving away from um, where we ought to be. Because when it comes to the Christian life, when it comes to our pursuit of God, there's really no middle ground. Jesus Christ says, he who is not with me is against me. He who does not gather with me scatters abroad. There is no gray area when it comes to following Jesus Christ. You are either in or out. And if you are in that place of indecision or indecisiveness, whichever word you want to use, one of them is correct. <laughs> if you are in that place of indecisiveness, you are actually out. There's no gray areas when it comes to following Jesus Christ. If you're, not, if you're not intentionally moving forward, you're drifting away, isn't it? If you're not intentionally drawing closer to God, you're drifting away from him, isn't it? And that is that state 
of, of, of backsliding. In this parable of the prodigal son, I believe that that state of, of backsliding was initiated when he left his father. His desire was not to be with his father anymore. And what we then see as poverty right at the end of the story is actually the state in which he was in the moment he left his father. Consider right in the beginning, in, in Genesis 2 and, and also in chapter 3, God says that if you eat of this tree, you will surely die, isn't it? And then they go on to eat of the tree, but they still continued walking. That says a lot. At that moment that he left, we don't see him in poverty yet. So what we then see as, backs, as backsliding is usually verse 16, where it says, and he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. So many of us, we usually look at that and we're like, ah, this guy is backslidden. Oh no, this guy has backslidden. You know what I'm saying? That's usually the, this is what would usually define as backslidden. But in actual fact, that is a manifestation of a backslidden state. This young man actually backslid right when he left his father. His desire was no longer to be in the same space with his father. And many of us actually fall into that. Our desires begin to drift away from what truly really matters. We start to desire other things. And these other things may not necessarily be bad. What makes them bad to us is the state of our hearts. So let's just continue with this story and see where it leads us. Um, we're on verse 16. And then let's go to 17 where it says, But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will rise and go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, Bring out the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf and here, hey, bring the fatted calf here and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead <laughs> and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now his older son, before we get into the issue of his older son, I want you to take a look at this. The father's response. <laughs> the father was so compassionate, he was actually awaiting the return of his son. You see, the father at this particular point didn't know that this kid was... Um, feeding pigs and almost eating with the pigs. So I want us to look at it from this point of view. Don't assume I'm saying God doesn't see sin. He does. But all I just want to say is that there's two states. You are either with God and pursuing him or you are not. So what the father saw was a lost son 
And now that he had come back, he declares he was found. So there are a lot of things that then happen as a result of you being lost. There's a lot of things that then happen as a result of, of you being dead, isn't it? And there's also a lot of things. There's a lot of fruit that is also attached to you being alive and a lot of fruit that, are, that is also attached to you being found, isn't it? And in that lost state, or should we call it a backslidden state, we find that this young man was now starting to eat with pigs. This young man was now starting to desire the delicacies of pigs because that's how far gone he was. You know, so before we actually get to the place where we willingly sin against God, our hearts would have drifted from him a long time ago. You know, sometimes we think it just happens by default, but if you actually check, it's a pattern. Look at the times <laughs> when you fell and then check your devotional life. Most of the time you will find that when you fell, you had neglected your devotional life, you know. So you might think you backslid when you fell, but in actual fact, you had already backslidden. Because remember, like we said at the beginning, that when backsliding, the state of backsliding is, is basically when you stop pursuing God, when you stop being intentional about your pursuit of God. So my question to you today is, have you forsaken your first love? Have you started to regress into old habits? You know, this video is not to condemn, but it's actually to help you identify where you are so that we can best move forward, isn't it? Going on with the story, you find the full redemption of the son. The young man now began to say that he was no longer worthy to be called his son, but that still didn't change his identity. Though he had squandered away his father's wealth, or his inheritance rather, the father still called him a son. And we find that when he came, they gave, he, he brought out this best robe and put it on him. He put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. This is the complete redemption of the father. The best robe speaks of the robe of righteousness, isn't it? The young man was clothed in righteousness. The ring speaks of authority. He was, he was restored to that place of authority, saying, my son, I know you may have gone away, but that did not change your identity. You may not necessarily have been walking in it when you were away, but now that you are back, I want you to know your identity still hasn't changed. I still regard you as my son, isn't it? And then the Bible also goes on to tell us that he put sandals on his feet. Right, so when we speak of the full armor, we all understand that um, the sandals represent the gospel of peace. It represents purpose in Christ Jesus. So when we come back to God, God affirms our identity. He tells us, you are still my son. And I still want you to live out your purpose. That is the heart of the Father. You know, God is actually not mad at you, you know, waiting with a whip. But just look at this. It says, and he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him 
and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. You see how the father longs to have intimacy with us? He is waiting, ever waiting for us to come back to him. So my question to you today is, are you willing to come back to the father? Forget everything that you have done. Answer this question. That is what will then determine what happens next. You know, this young man was not restored until he ran back to the father. We won't be restored until we actually repent and resume our pursuit of the father. It's really that simple. It's not as complicated as many of us make it out to be. So just take a moment after this to evaluate where you are and from there begin to determine your next course of action. God is calling us back to that place of intimacy. He's calling us back to our first love. Are you going to answer the call today?